This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. I'm answering readers' questions. Today, I have a question from Angela. Angela says, when you quit drinking, did you have it in your head that you were quitting forever, or did you give yourself a goal or something of like one year? What do you think about having a goal? Thanks um, for everything. So uh, neither actually. So when I quit drinking, I had done all the work that I outlined in my book, This Naked Mind, to really recondition my mind, all of it, my conscious mind, my unconscious mind, my internal desires around alcohol to the point where when I quit drinking, I walked out of my office after like a year long research and I told my husband, I said, if this if you want to get drunk with me, tonight's the last night because I'm not getting drunk after this. And it was just like, a, I don't want to do it. Like I didn't put a forever tag on it because I didn't, and I know that's probably not popular. Like maybe I should be like, yes, forever. It's forever. But it really, in the moment, it was like, I don't ever want to do that. Like I didn't, I didn't have the desire to drink. So it wasn't as if I was trying to, it, when I say, okay, I've, quit something forever. I'm never, ever going to do that again. That feels like something that I'm doing out of kind of obligation or because I've made a commitment or because there's some sort of desire to do it. Um, you know, like I will, I'm never going to eat ants. Like my brother randomly used to eat ants when he was little and it's something I will never do, you know, but I'm never going to say like, I'm never, I've made this big commitment to never eat ants again. So one of the things that I like to say is, you know, I, I drink whenever I want to drink. I just never want to drink. There's never a time when I sit there and be like, oh, this would be a good idea. And I do a lot of work to keep that true. You know, I do a lot of kind of reconditioning and reversing my thoughts and going through the same process I did and being really mindful and observant of the alcohol saturated culture. I'm, I'm never going to want to smoke a cigarette. You know, it's the same thing that I just don't want to put that in my body. I see it as poison. I see it as something that really held me back. I see it as something that makes all my nights monotonous. I see it as something that stole from me uh, precious, precious memories, something also that stole from me just the beauty of falling asleep, which is a really incredible thing because I don't remember falling asleep. I would just sort of pass out. And, and so it's, I guess if I have to say, I'm never going to drink again. Like I'm comfortable with that, but that wasn't in my mind specifically when I quit. So it wasn't as if I was making some commitment to the universe um, about my intention. It was more as if, oh, I, I don't want that anymore. And then that made it kind of really easy. Now, I will say that I think there's the most freedom in that path. I will also say, and there's a big disclaimer at the beginning of my book, that once you're physically addicted, once you've actually changed your brain in response to alcohol, that kind of commitment becomes much more difficult. And, you know, my book is, is primarily for, um, <laughs> thank you, Nick. Yeah, it's summertime. My book is primarily for people who are really emotionally and psychologically addicted, that it's mostly in your head that you have an emotional attachment where you believe alcohol is vital to relaxing or having a good time. Um, but where, you know, you're not going to go through physical necessary withdrawals. Now, I think my book can absolutely help people that are physically addicted to retrain their mind and just to get their head on straight around alcohol. But equally, I definitely don't want to say that I'm responding for someone who has a physical addiction to alcohol because that, you know, I don't believe like 
I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I'm just somebody who, you know, really found my path by doing the work of liminal thinking and really reversing my thought process around alcohol. But in terms of the second part of your question is what do I think about a commitment and a goal? I, I personally, and again, I don't know if this is the popular opinion, but I personally think it's a great idea. Um, there's something that happens in our brains. There's neural pathways formed when we do one of two things. There's pathways formed when we make a goal and keep it, and those pathways are strengthened and strengthened and strengthened. That's how habits are formed. That's why you know people say if you exercise for 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit. Um, equally, there's pathways formed when you make a commitment and break it. So if you make a commitment not to drink today and you drink today, you are more likely to drink tomorrow. Studies show this. And so making a commitment to not drink forever and then breaking it, you know, makes it more difficult for you to keep that commitment. So I would say make small commitments, make commitments that you know you can keep so that you can continue to make more and more commitments and recondition your brain and form those pathways to say, yes, okay let your brain teach your brain that you're good at keeping your commitments so make commitments that are absolutely non-negotiables for you and do things you know to help yourself with those commitments there's a reader his name is john and he has a great method where he literally kind of um, reduced his amount over time to going alcohol free and he did it you know a certain amount every time because the idea of just going completely free right away was so scary for him and you know, he would do things to make sure that he had to keep that commitment. So if his, if his limit, you know, I think he started at 14 units and he got down to zero, but if his limit was five units for that day, he would only allow himself to have five units in the house and then he would not, you know, like have somebody hide the keys. So he physically wasn't able to drink more than that, you know? And so if your commitment is I'm not gonna drink today or I'm gonna drink less or whatever, you know, set yourself up for complete success because successes are really powerful in your brain and they really help you to kind of retrain that. But then equally do the work. You know, I think that one of the biggest things and people are trying to let go of alcohol, there's all sorts of reasons why you stay stuck. And I think in a minority of, of cases, it's that you're physically addicted and you have to physically be removed from access to alcohol. You need to go to a rehabilitation center. You need to go to a sober living community. I do think that's, that's a minority. I think most of us are really emotionally and psychologically addicted with a small amount of physical addiction. And I think in those cases, um, you have to look really, really hard at why are you drinking in the first place. And for the vast majority of people, it's, it's to self-medicate. And so realizing that and dealing with that and looking very hard and, and saying, okay, I'm going to have the courage to get to know myself and get to find out other ways to deal with my stress, um, I think is really important. Because often, if you look at all the reasons to drink, some of the reasons that keep people stuck, they're not socially necessarily and, and stuff. They're often because I do it to zone out or I do it to turn my brain off completely or I do it because, you know, it's it's so painful to just be in my life. And, and the truth is, is like, your life, it, it just shouldn't be that painful. I mean, we live in a society in a day and age where, you know, there's so much less drama than any other point in history. At this point in time, as a percentage of human beings being killed in the world, fewer human beings are being killed. You know, we live in a, a time of great abundance. And, um, and so, 
you don't you don't need to turn yourself off from that but I understand you do need to find alternate ways of sort of relaxing so I think a, a commitment you know that you know you can keep whether it's 30 days and I, I like the guys at one year no beer we're definitely working on some stuff together but they have a great kind of methodology where they have a 30-day commitment it's a very supportive Facebook group they have all sorts of tools you get 30 days worth of emails it's all free and that's one year no beer.com and then once you do 30 days they they challenge you for 90 days and then once you do 90 days they challenge you for a year and then once you do a year most people end up not drinking because after you've experienced the entire calendar year of events without drinking you know it becomes really empowering and I will say that you know at that moment where I was like all right I'm done drinking like it was um, I didn't I didn't plan necessarily for things but I will say after the first year of going through everything because there is natural anxiety during your first Christmas without alcohol your first birthday party your first New Year's Eve without alcohol like there's there's anxiety there because you don't know what it will be like because chances are you know you've been getting drunk on New Year's Eve since you were a teenager and so what is this going to be like and going through that year and having that bank of experiences has been one of the most powerful and affirming things and then you sort of really know okay this is this is the choice that that I want to make you know and and then it becomes a forever thing but I think for me it became a, a kind of forever thing really really naturally and kind of organically more than like a all right it's a it's a sentence it never felt like a sentence it always felt like oh I've I've learned something I've learned something about alcohol that makes me free I've learned that I don't need it you know and and especially in areas of creativity I think that's a huge one we say as a writer or as an artist we say oh I I drink for creativity you know one of the most amazing things and I did it at work it was negotiating and and sort of strategy and you know we'd, we'd go out to the bars and we'd be sitting around and we'd be talking about you know whatever strategy we were going to deploy for the marketing department and whatnot and you know I just thought so much of my creativity and my good ideas came from those drinks and it was incredible to realize oh wait after I stopped drinking ah that's all up here anyway like that was one of the most life-affirming things is to realize New Year's Eve the good time I had oh that's here this this is it it's not it's not here in this bottle it's not there in that you know in that thing that's gonna make me sick the next day it's here and I think that is something that you have to experience sober so committing to a time where you can commit to being sober to allow yourself to give yourself the gift of those experiences is really powerful if you need to commit to a day commit to a day and give yourself a beautiful sober day but equally I think it needs to be at least a month because um, because you just are going through withdrawals for at least the first 10 days you know even though we're not necessarily physically addicted to the point where we can't restrain ourselves if we see a bottle I think there is definitely a physical element and you are going through withdrawals your body is compensated for drinking every day and you need to be able to purge that from your system and there's a lot of sort of anxiety in doing that and, and you need to get past that kind of month and then give yourself the gift of just trying things and doing things alcohol free so I think if you can commit to a year and you can make that commitment to yourself with all your heart I think that's a really beautiful thing and I think on the other side of the year you'll you'll look back and, and you'll probably never want to do it again and then hopefully organically you know it becomes a forever thing it becomes the right thing for you so anyway thank you so much Angela it's a great question and again this is Annie Grace author of this naked mind um, I've been traveling a lot I'm going to continue traveling the entire month of July so I have kind of a backlog of questions so I apologize if I haven't answered yours yet but please keep sending them I'm going to keep track of every single one I will answer every single question so again please keep sending them.
This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word. Thank you.